I'm Matthew Whitehouse, and you're listening to The Face Podcast. Joining me this week at Spotify HQ are Face Music Director Davey Reed and Face Assistant Editor Jade Wicks. We're going to talk all things Glastonbury. So welcome back to The Face Podcast, where this week I'm joined by Face Music Director Davey Reed and Face Assistant Editor Jade Wicks, who uh, the, the pair of them have returned quite bleary-eyed this morning as we record on Tuesday morning from Glastonbury, uh, where you both were. How are you feeling? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can hear by my voice how I'm feeling, but I could be feeling worse, but I'm definitely just tired. Yeah, there's maybe places I'd rather be at 9am on the Tuesday for Glastonbury than recording a podcast, but uh, <laughs> it's what we deserve. <laughs> uh, well, what, should we start with your musical highlights? What was what was your kind of um, what were you was what did you go in wanting to see, and what and what was kind of your 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 big highlight? Um, I mean, for me, the highlight was like definitely Central Sea. Like it's strange when I got back last night, I thought I'd just like when I got a signal on my phone, it'd just be everyone talking about Central Sea. I don't know if it did go as viral on social media. I saw a lot of um, a, a lot on Instagram with Sloan Sloan and Sloan's kid. Yeah, right? is uh, it Bobo? Oh yeah, yeah, mm. it's really cute. Um, I saw that a lot. But was it something that people were talking about at the festival? Did was it a big hit? Yeah, I mean the the element with Sloan bringing out his child, who for context is in the Sprinter video, Central Sea's hit single with Dave, and Sloan is a good friend of Central Sea's. He is a Nigerian painter who is based in London, and he's got like a very sort of dedicated online following. He's got a Discord page. He's a bit of a prankster, and he's generally quite hilarious he's been in the face so central c performed sprinter and he was like i've got a special guest who's about to come out everyone screamed because they thought he meant dave and central c was like oh no it's not who you think it is and then sloan came on with his very cute child and <laughs> yeah central c performed the entire track holding this kid like which i've never seen before i've never seen anyone rap with a baby before uh, and then, like, Dave just did come out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so yeah. we did also get Dave and the baby. <laughs> and to me, I think, I, I was convinced at that moment that was the greatest moment in Glastonbury history. <laughs> or performance history, generally. Yeah, more babies on stage, I think. But the whole set was amazing. Like, first of all, before Central Seed come on, his DJ was playing loads of bangers and warming up the crowd. And his crew came on with um, T-shirt cannons. Do you know those like bazookas <laughs> where you can fire yeah. a t-shirt? Obviously, I was like, why do I not see more of this? Like, why aren't more there? t-shirt cannons? Elton should have had t-shirt cannons. <laughs> like, it sh- I want to see more t-shirt cannons at live events. <laughs> and Central Sea is just so good. Like over recent years with like UK rappers, I think it's been a bit of an issue where like a lot of them blow up and go viral before they're that experience at playing live. So a lot of them like are dependent on a back and track. So like it's kind of frustrating. You go there and they're kind of mumbling underneath pre-recorded vocals and it doesn't sound great. Whereas he has like such sharp clarity uh, and yeah, he's he's a really good performer. Mm. It reminded me of like, it was that moment for me, like every year there's like an other stage performance, which for people who haven't been is the second biggest stage where someone really like young and ambitious comes along. They're not ready to headline, but they want to one day and mm. Mm. they really see it as their moment. So, you know, we, we all saw Olivia Rodrigo last year. Yeah. Uh, and she brought Lily Allen, and that was like... We all watched that together last year. Yeah, that was great. That, that was, was like so the nice. highlight. 
Yeah. And it was a similar sort of slot. Right, and right. A similar sort of time in the evening. Um, you know, Billie Eilish a few years had that slot. Dave had that slot a few years ago, when he, which kind of got overshadowed by that whole Alex and Glasto thing when that kid came up and did AJ's verse. But um, yeah, at Central C, he said he'd been there since Thursday. <laughs> and there were sightings of him on site. You know, there's like, oh, you know, did he hear Central C showed up to that like right. rave in a Bali last night? Like he's here. <laughs> And he was obviously really honoured to be there and saw it as a big moment for his career. So he was a highlight for me, definitely. Yeah. Jade, for you, like, what did you think of the Ark Monkeys? Because you're, for context, Jade, you're a very loyal fan. A few people have dropped out the last couple of albums, but you're... Yeah. yeah, I'm firmly, I'm there, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, you know what? I loved the set. I thought it was really good. I thought the visuals were amazing. Like, it was a very, like, sexy, like, grown-up set, I thought. But, you know, reflecting back, I think maybe, like, Alex Turner's kind of interaction with the crowd was a little bit lacking and I just me and my friends just laughing so much I think he said three words it was astonishing Mm. outstanding and then effective yeah effective weirdly and it was just (laughs) it just felt like some kind of skit or something it was it was quite ridiculous but I kind of love that he doesn't really give a fuck and just kind of says you know random shit like that I thought the setlist was really good I was kind of surprised slash a bit relieved that they didn't play more stuff from the car the most recent album mm. I think they only played a couple of songs that was the thing that I found confusing about the online reaction because I was watching it at home mm. kind of just sort of following on what people were saying online and uh, it didn't get a great response mm. you know and a lot of people were saying oh well you know what's happened to them which really surprised me because have you not followed them for the last 15 years oh, they're really? not that same band that they were in 2008 or whatever mm. but a lot of people were saying that you know we'll just play the hits and I thought well they did play the hits but I think it's a sort of I didn't notice it because I, I don't mind when I go and watch a band and they play a slightly different version of the song they change the speed mm. or they do a new interpreter I don't really mind it that much but I think people were surprised that the songs were maybe slightly slower or yeah. that he sung them to a different rhythm I heard I was with someone who'd been at the London show at the Emirates Stadium recently and that got a little bit of a mixed response in it and he said they were a much better band at Glastonbury. Really? Right, right. It's weird with them, isn't it? Like, I don't know, these days TikTok can kind of create a narrative around a tour and I feel like the, the feed I've been getting is that it's been a little bit uh, of a complicated one, this one, because maybe they don't want to become like a heritage act just known for the hits, but they're torn between giving the audience what they want and doing their slightly more indulgent experimental recent material and they i guess they don't want to be a bit of a lads night out band because you know they've got a lot of songs capture that kind of booze britain energy and it's which is strange that they have that audience still despite yeah sort of what seems like attempts to almost lose it you know mm. with the last two records that they've they've made that have been very very far from you know uh, the first record that people really love and an am you know that people really love it really felt like kind of old mannish, like rock star energy to me, like a good kind of. I can imagine if you went to like an all inclusive like <laughs> hotel in like Mallorca or something, there was like some crooner. I think that's kind of a little bit what he wants. Though, I think that's kind know? of what he's going for, yeah. though, isn't it? Any other highlights for you, Joe? You know what? My highlight was Elton John. Oh, yeah? The songs were amazing. The performance was amazing. The guests were lacking a little bit mm. after the rumor milled swirled. Where was Dewar? Where was Dua? Where was Britney Spears? I mean, I thought Britney was never going to happen. But Dua, it's like, there must be some serious personal reason why she's not here. And then I saw, wasn't she making a risotto for her mates? I did go and look on her Instagram to see what she was up to. And she was cooking a risotto. What kind of risotto? I don't know. It just, it looked delicious. The the risotto can wait. Mm. The risotto, but I think Elton 
well, this is just my opinion, that maybe he just didn't want to bring someone out that was too big because it would upstage his big uh, moment. What about, what was that lad, the first, that American kid he wrote? Sanchez. He did his own song and was like <laughs> yes. chatting for oh my ages. God. I was thinking that, I was like, this is a TikTok song. Like, why is this getting... People seem to know the words on the television. Yeah. I thought they and did. I, I do have it on my saved. Do you? Spotify playlist, oh, really? I will say. Yeah, that guy was hogging the limelight though, wasn't he? He was yeah. chatting for ages. It's like... Weird. The Rina Sawayama thing was cool. Uh, yeah. I kind of, I was, I was thinking like maybe Sam Smith could have been a moment. Yeah, or Harry Styles, maybe too big. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think it's just because he'd done an interview out in Hunty with BBC mm. like a couple of weeks before, being like, I'm going to bring out some guests. Yeah. So kind of amped up the guest element. But I mean, this is where, where like, you know, we're picking at this really because it was amazing. It was amazing. And like the fireworks, the colours, like I feel like he really just encapsulates Gusto as a mm. as a kind of performer. He's mm. so yeah. good. Did you see Lil Nas X before at all? No, I missed that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, so when I was there, I was kind of far at the back. So it's like everyone's trying to like find mm. their spot. And like when he did Industry Baby, I didn't realise like Jack Harlow was actually there until the next day. So I, w- <laughs> I watched it back last night actually on BBC. Yeah. And that was great. I mean, obviously, huge, huge audience he had, and it was yeah. like a good part you set to kind of amp everyone up for it. And before Elton, and mm-hmm. it's it's funny because I saw, I remember when Miley Cyrus played Daytime Pyramid 2018, I think, mm. and uh, she brought out Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus do Old Town Road. Mm. I remember it was fun, but like I really underestimated Lil Nas X. Like, I was like, oh, it's that like fun viral rapper who's got that one hit wonder. Mm track and it was funny i really didn't expect him five years down line to have this huge sort of flamboyant elaborate set and to be this really confident pop star mm-hmm. playing to like what how many people were there elton like one hundred twenty thousand oh people or something. was it really oh yeah. so lil nas x had a lot of that crowd as well yeah i mean it was a like I, like the, the kind of people were very much elton fans who were yeah, there getting yeah. a spot for him but it kind of exposed Lil Nas X to wow. a lot of people. Because he doesn't really have a huge amount of hits, you know? So he does a thing which is quite clever where he never covers songs, but it's kind of like interspersed. It's mm. a bit of a DJ set. So right, you right. play like samples from like, uh, you know, the All of the Lights beat by yeah. Kanye West and yeah. Rihanna, like recognisable hip hop and pop samples, mm. which he weaves into his own track. So it kind of, uh, and then he has dances. So it's kind of like a party where he drops in his own music. Mm. Mm, a future headliner, perhaps. Yeah, he needs he needs a few more hits. If he could get like four mm. or five mm. solid singles, mm. then maybe. Mm. There yeah. were, I mean, there was a lot of talk about the headliners before the festival started. Did that kind of uh, completely recede by the time it was going on? Were people still a bit sniffy about who was headlining? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I heard absolutely nothing about Guns N' Roses. Everyone was discussing kind of Arctic Monkeys and. Um, Elton, but... Did you know anyone? Did you go? You didn't go to Guns N' Roses? No. Yeah, I knew, knew one person who went and kind of left after a while. Just got a bit bored. And I think re- the reports were that Lizzo was a lot busier than Guns N' Roses, which I think... Mm. So maybe that was an error of judgment on behalf of Glastonbury being like... Obviously, there's a lot of criticism for the lack of diversity in the headliners. But yeah, I mean, the Guns N' Roses clash with Lana. So were you there for that? I wasn't there for Lana, but I heard some of my friends went to Did you there. watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was obviously very dramatic and she was half an hour late and she proceeded to play him much quieter songs from her most recent album and was rolling around on the floor and getting her hair done and vaping, being very casual and nonchalant about the whole thing. And then she was like, oh, you know, sorry, you know, my hair takes a long to get done. Sorry, I'm half an hour late. There's a bit of a context to it because she was annoyed about her billing on the poster. Mm -hmm. 
and felt her name should have been big and it should have been mentioned that she's headlining the other stage. So it was like, is she kind of raising the middle finger a bit to Glasgow a little bit? Because um, vaping was banned, but she was vaping on stage. But um, <laughs> she then, she's like, oh, let's just see what happens. And they gave an extra 15 minutes and then they cut off the sound and then she could be seen to be arguing with the staff and then like singing in the crowd a cappella and going down the front row and then everyone just starts singing video games and everyone's chanting one more song and booing. Firstly, I was like, I think it's kind of reasonable. Like, you know, she's half an hour late, they're giving an extra 15 minutes. Yeah. It was kind of messy and dramatic, kind of sassy and just generally quite cool. And I think everyone thought it was kind of funny. It was great television. It was very yeah. dramatic, mm. you know, in the sound. And you could see her, you know, without the microphone, talking to the people and coordinating this single. It was a re it was really, yeah. really good television. Yeah, what's been like the, on like socials and stuff, what were people saying about it? Elton, I suppose, felt like you were watching a really big deal, you know, <laughs> yeah. watching that. I mean, I saw him on the first date of that tour in 2019. That's how long it's been going That's on for, you know, and it was brilliant. He'll be back though, won't he? Mm. I was still in the Metro today. It had the yeah, 7.3 million people watched it, which is like a record for Glassman. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also saw this morning that he uh, left the stage at the final note of Rocket Man, got on a golf buggy, which took him to a helicopter pad, and he was back at his house in Windsor in 39 minutes. <laughs> How amazing is that? How God. long did it take you to get what there? What a life. Probably like. Eight, eight hours or something. <laughs> um, was there anything that you came across? Because one of the great things, obviously, about Glastonbury is that there's, so, there's how many stages are there? There's like seventy something stages, something ridiculous. Was there anything that you came across by accident that you that you loved, or any sort of surprises, or anything you discovered there? I feel like being at the West Holt stage, there's always some really good music that comes on there that you kind of just sit down and discover. I watched Ezra Collective who I was aware of but mm. I hadn't really listened to much of who played like such an amazing set they brought out all the kind of kids from the youth clubs that, that they're involved with out on the stage and they gave a massive speech about shouting out all youth clubs across the UK and how important they are to kind of helping kids get into music and everything mm. it just felt like a really powerful um, just statement and a really kind of yeah it was really lovely yeah I agree that the West Holt stage is a really good place that if you just don't there's nothing on that just go and see what's on there I caught um Speaker's Corner, which is like a London-based jazz act, and they've got this project, which is very, like, freewheeling, and it's, like, sort of improvised jazz and spoken words. So they had, uh, on vocals, had James Messiah, Terza, Kobe Say, uh, Kay Tempest, a lot of people who were kind of associated with the kind of London underground. Shabaka Hutchins came on. Joe Jones from Ezra Collective. He, he came on... Every set at West Holt. Yeah, you couldn't keep him off the West Holt. So. Dave Grohl, he kept popping up there. Oh, you know what? I did actually catch a couple of Foo Fighters tunes. I tell you what, I, that was a good festival set. Oh, mate, my hero. It got me. Because <laughs> the thing is, the Foo Fighters is like, you know, let's be honest, they haven't made a good album since 1997 or something. And they've made a lot of middle of the road forgettable stuff. But they've got like 12 amazing songs. Oh, and also they're, they're talking about those performers that kind of uh, recognise the moment and kind yeah. of, you know, and they, they are, I mean, it's not, they're not a band that I listen to, you know, ever, but watching them, it's, they have that connection with the audience and yeah. it, looked, it looked like a really good set. Yeah, I mean, Grohl is, he's a monster of rock, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> the nicest man in rock, as you're he obliged is, to call him whenever you mention his name. He's a good lad. <laughs> um, look, we, we talked earlier about how we were at um, Olivia Rodrigo last year and that was around the time of uh, the stuff happening in the States with Roe versus Wade and she kind of uh, made a, a statement about that on stage. Were there any other political statements this year that the artists made? I didn't really catch much of that actually. I didn't either but I know that Rena yeah. made a pretty 
powerful kind mm. of and surprising I think kind of statement about uh, Matty Healy although I'm not sure whether she mentioned him by name she didn't mention him by name but it's been it's been reported that it's about Matty Healy yeah yeah and I think well she made it pretty um pretty clear and but she is she signed to his label well, yeah she signed to it yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, that was the whole thing and it was like he owns my masters kind of made a pretty big statement against yeah. racism yes that was in response to his appearance on a podcast in which he mocked Ice Spice and that was actually that was a moment that was shared really really widely I felt Rena's Rena's moment on stage yeah in terms of D, do you see many DJs yeah I just I just see quite a few DJs a highlight for me was um Helen Half. oh I was there oh my god it's amazing it was that was She's one of so the best good, yeah. sets I've ever seen yeah. at the Lonely Hearts Club in Silver Haze so Helena Half, for anyone listening who isn't aware she is a German DJ who plays like electro and techno has a very like, gothic punk approach to dance music about 10 years ago, she started popping off and I went to see loads of times and used to rinse all the mixes and stuff. So I like kind of stopped listening to her going to see her for a few years. And then that was the first time I've seen her in a while and she's just still the coolest DJ. She still doesn't have Instagram. Back in the day, she didn't have a phone. She just used to write down the address and the phone number she needed. <laughs> what, was the, um, what was the crowd like this year? Because obviously they, were, they raised ticket prices this year, right? I think it was something mm. like 19%. Did it change yeah. the crowd at all? Or I guess if you're going to go to Glastonbury, you're going to go to Glastonbury really, aren't you? you know? So it's a funny one, that, because people say, I don't want to quote the exact figure because I don't know if it's definitely accurate, but like a huge chunk of... The people at Glastonbury work, like a really significant portion of the people who you see there. Oh, a are, of the staff at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I remember when I was like, you know, I've n- known very few people under the age of like 25 to actually buy a ticket. Like yeah, they most work. people, you do a few shifts stewarding or you do, you know, when the charity tents, so you do bar shifts. Yeah. I think, because, you know, it's 335 quid plus a five quid token fee this year. It's not year. cheap, you know. I sometimes worry a little bit with Glastonbury about the future of it just because like the percentage of people who are probably like under the age of 30 is like really a, a minority I think I mean there's certain pockets of it which feel kind of really young you know the Silver Haze dance area that attracts really quite young crowds on the stages Shrangai Law um, area which is the kind of very trippy wild area um, that at night has got a lot of really young people there I sometimes wonder if it's a lot of people have finished their shift yeah, um, who yeah. then go after? Um, but like you know, when I was on the pyramid stage and stuff, I was like, it really hit me this year. It's like, wow, like there's very few people who don't have grey hair or like have hair still. You know, <laughs> it really felt like the sort of median age of a glassman goes like forty five, fifty or something. Mm. I don't know if that was partially to do with the headliners. You know, there's Elton, obviously, mm-hmm. Guns and Roses. They're two heritage acts. Arkham Monkeys are trying not to be Heritage Act, but it, they're, they're the, fine. Yeah, and by Heritage Act, I mean, I think there's a certain point when you're an artist and you're doing really well where you're defining a certain era. And then you get a point where people still want to come and see you, but they kind of want to come and see you for the music you made in a previous era. Mm. And Arkham Monkeys are really trying not to be a naughty's Heritage Act. Mm. And I think they're struggling a bit with that. But I don't know. I, I, I think... And I, I love the fact that when you're at Glastonbury, there's a diversity of age range. I think it's one of the really, really nice things. It really makes me happy to be raving at Helena Half and there's like a 21-year-old and then there's a couple in their 50s next to you. It's really nice. Mm. But I just love the festival and I want it to be something which is happening in 20, 30 years' time. 
And that's why I think it's really important for people like Central Sea to be minted as a new star there and for them to book acts which attract young people to ensure the future of it. The ticket pricing is a real shame, I think, because, I mean, obviously it's well publicised, it's really, really hard financially for young people at the minute. And yeah, 335 quid, I think it will put off a lot of yo. It's just unsustainable as well. It's kind of like, okay, they... they like raise the ticket price with inflation and, and whatnot but like how much more can you keep raising that especially when people's kind of wages aren't going up and the cost of living crisis yeah. and stuff um, I saw someone mention that um, people were kind of calling Glastonbury like a middle class festival because it is so expensive to go but actually you know some people spend 340 quid on an all inclusive holiday in you know Spain or whatever and they say what's the difference on spending that on a Glastonbury ticket and that's your kind of holiday I'm not sure that I really agree with that because if you are going on some all-inclusive, then... You get a toilet. Exactly, you get a toilet and it's kind of a different experience where you go to Glastonbury, you pay for the ticket and then actually you're probably spending another 500 quid. I think the thing is, is obviously you can, a lot of festivals don't allow this, you can bring booze from your tent as long as it's not in glass. In the festivals, you can save money, but you know what, it's no way to live that. No. I just, every year I, I, I get go to the supermarket, I buy loads of booze and I'm going to save loads of money. I'm like... You know what? Life is too short to drink a warm can of San Miguel. Honestly, I drank my crate of Strongpo dark fruits. No judgment here. I drank it on the way there. <laughs> and you were driving. Yeah. <laughs> it was done. It was done by the time I arrived. Well, look, look, look why don't we talk about the uh, future Glastonbury and you know who you think should headline next year? Because as you say, some of the accusations of uh, some of the criticism towards the headliners this year maybe feels like they need another shock moment. Mm. You know, maybe uh, something to give it a bit of jolt of of life again. Who would you like to see headline the festival next year? I think it's got to be Rihanna, Taylor Swift, and that was kind of what I wanted this year. Like Rihanna, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Elton John I thought maybe Beyonce would do it I think maybe Beyonce again would mm. be a good one mm. I think the reason one of the reasons why I'm uh, not that happy about the Dua Lipa risotto gate is because <laughs> she should totally do it and she would be great and she doesn't quite have enough tracks yet but mm. like The Word on the Street is the second album is yeah. in process if she can have a few more singles I think she'd be great I think she could bring out loads of guests if they're not too busy cooking at home, it's fun <laughs> music you can dance to. Everyone knows the words. Everyone likes Dua Lipa. She's young. She's a very contemporary artist. I think she would be like a great headliner, if not next year, the year after. So like the Elton thing could have been a nice little warm-up. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think they should have an all kind of woman lineup. That would be the obvious thing to do next year, wouldn't it, in response to, response to it. And Taylor Swift, I think, is one of the reasons they ended up with an all-male you know, headline slots this year is because her tour conflicted mm. so maybe she will do next I year. I think well she's released the kind of UK dates for her yeah, she got a gap. there's a gap so I think she's all but kind of self-confirmed that I kind of I hope I can see Harry Styles but I, I hope not I just feel like he's been touring a lot and it's a bit of an oversaturation mm. for me mm. Um, mm. but yeah maybe he needs another album mm. well, we shall see look yeah, before we go um, two questions to both of you very quickly uh, most important lesson you learned from Glastonbury this year and a tip for somebody who's going to go next year um, so it's going to be really boring but if it's too hot like it was this year just take your sleeping bag go up to the stone circle go into long grass at the back oh, yeah. sleep there best sleep ever so my uh, lesson I learned is like don't drink lager don't drink pints get little <laughs> cans of like cocktails which are 
high volume alcohol but low amount of liquid because trying to get out to go to the toilet during Elton and get back Oof. was a traumatic experience oh, he's got some grumpy fans oh yeah and they do not like it when you stand on the bag <laughs> and so yeah you don't want to be drinking pints all day and then waiting for half an hour for Lana Del Rey to come when you've realised you're many miles away from a port loo um, my tip actually uh, contradict you is don't go to the stone circle Oh, what? Stone Circle was the best bet. That's where all the young people are, David. I know, I know. Well, that ship sailed for me. I, I, like every year, I used to have a thing. It's like, oh, you know, you've got to go to the Stone Circle to watch it's the such sunrise. Good track. It is wild up there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's absolute pandemonium. It is, Thanks. it is. And occasionally you see like a celebrity there who probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. I think for me, the Stone Circle, that was always like a Glassbury tradition. I was like, Sunday night, I was like, I'm going to stay up till Monday morning and watch the sunrise, mm. which makes it sound more wholesome than it is. It's but not I di- wholesome. I didn't do that this year and I feel, cons- it's probably why I can still speak a little bit yeah. and you can't, no, I, I was think. there every night. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Matthew Whitehouse. You've been listening to The Face podcast recorded at Spotify Studios. Thanks to my guests, Davey Reed and Jade Wicks. Next week, we're joined by writer and face friend Candice Carter-Williams talking about her new series, Champion. 